teachings are going out, how many prophecies are going to and fro around this world, and all these things that are happening. And there's a lot of rumors. There's a lot of conspiracy theories. There's a lot of stuff that's just being projected and going out. But we have God's word that leads us into all truth. And there's times when we have to get back into God's word and focus on God's word. Today's message is entitled Harpazo, which is a word that most of us don't know. The word hapazo is a Greek word. And just for us to recognize this, that first and second Thessalonians and majority of the Brit Hadashah was written and letters sent out in the Greek language. And so with this, the word harpazo in the Greek, and if you look that word up, it means to catch up or to seize. If we were to take that same word and translate it into the Hebrew, that word would be garar, and that is spelt G-A-R-A-R. And what does that word mean in the Hebrew but to bring up? And so today's message is entitled Harpazo, to seize or to catch up, and the second coming of Yeshua. Right now, there's a teaching that has been going out throughout the whole world. And that is this, that the body of Messiah is going to become so powerful in this earth that it will take over government, entertainment, the military, and many other aspects. And basically, we as believers are going to set up a paradise here on this earth that when, when Yeshua decides to come back, there's nothing more for him to do. Now, this is a direct opposite of what the scriptures teach. And so with this, today, this is going to be a series message. And just as earlier, during that Torah reading that Pastor John did excellent on, Brother Tim spoke, and he said, but there are also some very key messianic themes here. And then Tim shared on that. Well, the way that scripture was, has been written, and let's just focus this as an illustration as messianic terms. If you read from Genesis, which is Berejit, all the way through the book of Revelation, you will see at times where God is dealing with the Jewish people one-on-one. -on -one. He's calling them to repentance. But in the aspect of all doing that, he will then interject a messianic word or a theme, or he will have an individual like Joseph, who was a type of Messiah of not only delivering uh, God's chosen people, his brothers, but also the known world at that time. God sent the deliverer. And so that as a background, we can see this. There are times when the spirit of the living God has us connect the dots. Many of you ladies who have done uh, embroidery on garments, if you... As, as a child, I remember sitting at my mom below her when she would be doing knitting or embroidery. And what would happen was that I would be playing, sitting there, I'd be looking up to what she was doing. But on the side that I saw looked like this. And I'm holding my fingers up right now to symbolize threads. And it was just a complete mess. And so then occasionally I'd get up from the floor and I'd walk over to where my mom was sitting, and I'd look on the other side. And on the other side, I saw just a beautiful woven tapestry, and it made all sense. See, the name Yeshua, which means salvation in the Tanakh, is like a dot, but we have to connect all the dots. 
And so in this message here, which we'll be going through of various different scriptures, we will be connecting the dots on this teaching of Harpazo that I did not come up with, that the Apostle Paul was given to, the, uh, to share and bring comfort to those who were in the Thessalonica congregation. And remember this, that was a predominantly Greek or Hebrew Jewish people speaking congregation. This was Jews and Gentiles, one in Messiah. And so what had gone out, this, that they, there was someone had come along and said that you have missed the second coming. And so they were in fear because those friends of theirs who had died and they were in their graves, they truly believed that they were going to miss out on the second coming of Messiah. And so Rav Shaul wrote this letter to them. And let us begin now in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning at verse 13. While you're getting there, I'd like to share this with you. The resurrection of those who have fallen asleep in Messiah and their translation together with those who are alive and remain to the coming of Yeshua in the intimate and blessed hope of the kihila, the called out ones of the messianic communities. And so this was Rav Shaul's message to them. And not only to them, but all of those who were to be born after them. Because Rav Shaul, as we read this scripture, he uses the word we. He fully believed when he received the revelation of this harpazo, this seizing, this being caught up. He believed that he would see that as a live person. So now let us go into the scripture. Now, brothers, we want you to know the truth about those who have died. Otherwise, you might become sad the way other people are and do not have nothing to hope for. For since we believe that Yeshua died and he rose again, we also believe that in the same way God through Yeshua will take him, those with him, those who have died. When we say this, we base it on the Lord's own word. So, so no, basically what Rav Shaul, the apostle Paul is saying to the people said, don't take this by my opinion by what the scriptures say, but this is the Lord's own words, okay? And I will be sharing a little bit later in the message, Yeshua's own words, which I believe that the apostle Paul, when the spirit of the living God revealed this to him about Harpazo being seized or being caught up, the scripture where Yeshua shared these words. Let's go forward here. When we say this, we base it on the Lord's own word, Yeshua's word. We who remain alive when the Lord Yeshua comes will certainly not take precedence over those who have died. So if you're alive, it doesn't mean that you're an upper class believer. Let's go forward here. Verse 16. For the Lord Yeshua himself will come down from heaven with a rousing cry and with a call from one of the ruling angels. Let's read that a second time here. For the Lord Yeshua will come down from heaven with a rousing cry. And with a call from one of the ruling angels. See, the angels are involved in this process here. And God's shofar, or in some translations it says trumpet. Those who died united with Messiah will be first to rise. Think about that. Those people who have put their trust in believing that Yeshua is going to return and that their mortal bodies will be resurrected and be transformed. They, the Lord's going to do that with them first. 
just as Yeshua was first raised from the dead. So that the statement of our salvation began at what point when Messiah was raised from the dead. Yes, we're cleansed by his precious blood, but it's the revelation of being raised from the dead. What did Job say? Job said these words, my eyes shall see my redeemer. Even though Job knew that one day he would die, but in the midst of that, that he would see his redeemer, his very own eyes. And think about that. That's one of the oldest books written in the Bible is the book of Job. So that's, here's a dot from the book of Job. Let's continue here. For the Lord Yeshua himself will come down from heaven with a rousing cry and with a call from one of the ruling angels. Notice that there are ruling angels. And with God's shofar and those died united with Messiah will rise first. What does that mean? That means that those who are non-believers who are dead will not rise up at this time. Let's continue here. Then we who are left and are still alive. Notice that he's speaking of himself because you know what? Rav Shaul is alive at this time. Let's continue here. Then we who are left and are still alive will be caught up. There's that Greek word harpazo, remember? Because this letter was written in Greek. If it was written in Hebrew, that word would be garar, which means to bring up. It also means to suddenly snatch or take a hold of or to seize. Some people will ask, well, where does the word rapture come from? That comes from the Latin Vulgate Bible, which for 1,200 years was the only one of the, the few only Bibles that were, were, were readily available to only those that were in a priesthood. And so the, that's why you do not find the word written in your Bibles as rapture. So let us go forward here. But we see the word caught up or caught away in various translations. As I was preparing for this message, and this message has been going on, the preparation of this message for the last three weeks, I had the opportunity to read through my 23 translations of the Bible in English. I was also able to read my uh, Aramaic New Testament Bible. I was also able to read my Hebrew and Greek uh, Bible, study Bible, King James ver Version, by Spiros Zahates, who is a Greek uh, theologian. Also, when you're comparing words, because most of us don't use Hebrew in a daily language or Greek, I have the Strong's Concordance, what gives me the number of each word. And as I went through Bible college, they taught us, I have a series of other books that have the Bible written, the Old Testament in Greek, the Septuagint. I have a copy of that. I also have a copy of the Tanakh written in Hebrew. And also it gives me the, the different numbers, words, and so that you can translate from the Greek to the Hebrew to the English. And so that's how we're able to interwoven and, and know what these words mean to both the people that were living at that time and how language changes. Like today, if someone were able, was going to go and sing a song, a Christmas carol, they would sing this one line, which means a total different meaning today. Now we don our gay apparel. All right. The word gay years ago used to mean joyful or happy, but today it means a total different thing, does it not? So now let us go back to the scripture here. 
Verse 17, then we who are, are left and are still alive will be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord Yeshua in the air. And thus, we will always be with the Lord. This is great news, is it not? So who introduced this? An apostle. Can we trust what he taught? I believe so, because you know what? This one individual wrote the majority of the Brit Hadashah, the New Testament. And so with this, he is sharing with them something that is brand new to bring them comfort. So let's go forward here. And in verse 18, it says, so encourage each other with these words. Knowing this, we will not miss out on this harpazo, this being seized and being caught up. All right? And notice this. In that scripture verse there, Rav Shaul doesn't say that Yeshua lands on the earth. But what does it say here? That those who are dead in Messiah, who are laying in their graves, they died in hope and trust. Just like the people of the Tanakh, who did not see their Redeemer, but they waited and they died. When Yeshua, it says in the scripture, when he rose from the dead, he took out of what? He took out of Abraham's bosom those individuals who put their faith and trust prior to Messiah even coming. So now going forward here, let us now open up to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Because you know what? Many people focus on this portion of scripture but they don't read further in the context of what Rav Shaul was teaching to those who were receiving this good news. Continue in verse chapter 5. But you have no need to have anything written to you, brothers, about the times and the dates this will happen. Because you yourselves know well that the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. When people are saying everything is so peaceful and secure, then destruction will suddenly come upon them. The way labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and there is no way they will escape. But you brothers are not in the dark, so that the day should take you by surprise, like a thief. For you are all people who belong to the light, who belong to the day. We don't belong to the night or to darkness, so let us not sleep like the rest are. On the contrary, let us stay alert and be sober. In other words, he's saying this, look towards your redemption, where you'll be called up. And remember, in that former verses there, it says that once we are, we are resurrected, those who are dead and those who are living, they will be immediately with the Lord. And it, shall be, it says this, they shall be with him forever. So wherever Messiah Yeshua goes or is, we will be with him. So going forward here, verse 7, people who sleep Sleep at night, and people who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us stay sober. Notice that. He's saying a second time. Be alert. Be sober. Putting on trust and love as a breastplate and the hope of being delivered as a helmet. For God has not intended that we should experience his fury. In some translations, it says his wrath. What's going to happen during the Great Tribulation? God's judgment, his wrath, will be poured out on non-believers. Continuing here. But we should gain, but that we should gain deliverance through our Lord Yeshua the Messiah, who died on our behalf, so that whether we are alive or dead, this is speaking to believers, we may live along with him. Therefore, encourage each other and build each other up, 
just as you were doing. Okay, so we're going to stop in that portion right there. And so he's saying, be ready. This can happen at any moment, at any time. This harpazo, this second coming of Yeshua, where he goes and he goes to where the clouds are. And the dead in Christ will rise up. And what will happen? They'll immediately go in his presence. And those who are alive, those believers at that time, did it happen during the time of Rajaul? No. It's still something that's going to come. And what are we as believers to do? We're to encourage one another with that word. So let us go forward now. Now let us look at Romans chapter 8, verse 23. Romans chapter 8, verse 23. Here's another dot that's going to be connected. And I'll go ahead and read it. And not only it, but we ourselves have the first fruits of the rock, the spirit, groaning inwardly as we continue, waiting eagerly to be made what? Sons. I add this, sons and daughters. Okay? That is to have our, our whole bodies redeemed and set free. Set free from what? What is the, 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 the prior portion of scripture there. It's talking about being set free from our carnal, sinful nature. So now let us continue. Here's some commentary. Excuse me. Back now to Titus 2.13. Turn with me now in your Bibles to Titus 2.13. Some translation of the Bible in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, say that this is our blessed hope. Hope of what? Being taken out of this world, being instantaneously being transformed into the image and likeness of Messiah and being with him forevermore. See, the, Yeshua is coming back for his bride. And we're to be ready. So, Titus 2.13, it says this, while continuing to expect the blessed fulfillment of our certain hope. And what is our hope? That we will, we will be with Messiah Yeshua. Because as Brother uh, Gunderson shared today, this earth is not our permanent dwelling place. Our father Abraham looked for a city whose builder was God himself. We're just sojourners here for a specific time. So let us go forward. While continuing to expect the blessed fulfillment of our certain hope, which is the appearing of the Shekinah, some people pronounce it Shekinah, of our great God and the, the appearing of our deliverer, Yeshua the Messiah. Notice that. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Yeshua appears. But, you, but did you notice there that the world do not have, have their cameras set? The world's not recording this. The world is not seeing this. But only believers. Because Yeshua is coming back for his bride. Let's go forward here. Now in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, here's another dot. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51, we'll start at. Look, I tell you a secret. In some translations, the word is a mystery. Who's now speaking? It is Rav Shaul. Who was given the inspiration and the knowledge to write the letter to the Thessalonians and to tell them about something they did not know of? It was Rav Shaul, the same person. So let us continue here. Look, I tell you a secret, a mystery. Not all of us will die. Wait a minute. 
Think of the audacity of that person. What did he just say? He said this, not all will die. Have all these individuals died? Yes. We don't see them walking around the earth. Is Rav Shaul still here walking the earth? No. So he's speaking as a spirit speaks to him in the context of the time that he lives because he believes this. He will participate in the harpazo as a living person. But you know what? He's not dismayed at the time when the Lord closes his eyes and he dies. Because why? Because he knows this, that if he dies in Messiah, that he will not miss out on the harpazo, the catching away, because it's promised to him. But how is he to, to proclaim it? For the eminence. At any moment, any time, the Lord can descend into the clouds and call out his kihilat. How sad it would have been if this would have happened during Rav Shaul's time. Why? Because I would have never been born yet, and neither would have you. But by God's grace and mercy, he's holding off this time of this harpazo, this in gathering of the body of Messiah until many more people from every tribe, tongue, and people, including Jewish people, will come to a saving knowledge of who Messiah is. So we don't not know the day or the hour that this is going to happen, but we're instructed by the Apostle Paul to be looking for our Redeemer, we're not to be looking upon this earth, focused on this pandemic, focused on who's going to be our next president. Our focus is to be on the Lord because we don't know how soon he's going to return. So let us continue here in 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Look, I tell you a secret, a mystery. Not all of us will die, but we, what? We will all be changed. What's that speaking of? Our bodies, as we know it, we will be transformed. And the dead who are now dead in Messiah, because instantaneously when you and I die, our spirit goes in the presence of the Lord, but our bones remain. And that's what our family members, our friends, that's what they bury. But think about this. Every funeral that I've ever participated in, when I was called upon either to officiate or I was a participant there, how did I encourage? How did I bless all those that were there assembled who were believers? I would share 1 Thessalonians chapter uh, 4, verses 13 through 18, because this is the blessed hope of the resurrection. So let us continue here. Verse 52 it will take what? A moment in a blink of an eye. How quick is that? That's very fast. And what is happening here? We're being changed. All right? At the final shofar or at the final trumpet. For the shofar will sound, the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised to do what? To live forever. Now, is this dead non-believers? No. These are dead believers. Continuing here. The dead will be raised to live forevermore, and we, now the Apostle Paul is speaking as a person who's living, and we will be what? We will be changed. Continuing here. For this material, which can decay, must be clothed with what? Imperishability. This which is mortal must be clothed in what? Immortality. Who's giving this word? Rav Shaul, the Apostle Paul. Who is he being inspired by? By the Ruach HaKodesh. Does he have authority to teach on these things? Can we not trust what he has said as being from God's own mouth? I believe so. Let's continue here. 
Verse 53, for this material which can decay must be clothed with imperishability, and this which is mortal must be clothed with immortality. Verse 54, when, when what decays is puts on imperishability, then the passage in the Tanakh is fulfilled. Notice that. He is now quoting a passage that you and I can find in the Tanakh. See, this isn't just his opinion. This is just some kind of vision that he just received from the Lord that he cannot confirm in the Tanakh. But now he gives confirmation. And who's filling his mouth? Who's giving him these insights? Who's educating him? But the Ruach HaKodesh, who leads us into what? All truth. Death is swallowed up in victory. Where is that? That's from the book of Isaiah, or in Hebrew, Yeshiyahu 25.8. Continuing. Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? Where is that? In Hosea 13.14. Let's continue. Verse 56. The sting of death is what? Sin. And sin draws its power from what? The Torah. Why? Because if we do not fulfill Torah in our mortal bodies, we fall short of God's grace by trying to accomplish Torah in our own way. And what brings about? Torah judges us. And we're found wanting. And death comes over us. Let's go forward here. Verse 57, but thanks be to God who gives us what? The victory through our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. What is your victory over death? Is it exercising or eating right? No, your victory over death is the resurrection of Messiah Yeshua. And know this, my brothers and sisters, one day we will be delivered from this carnal mindset from this carnal body, because there's a war in our flesh against our spirit man. One day we will be fully delivered. Let's continue here. So, my dear brothers, verse 58, stand firm. In other words, he's saying this, believe what I've told you. This isn't from me. The Apostle Paul would be speaking to us, looking at us face to face. This comes from the Father. This is Adonai Yeshua's provision for you. So, my dear brothers, stand firm and what? Immovable. In other words, you have put your trust in God's word. You believe in his holy prophets. You believe in his holy apostles. You believe in what they taught? Or do you follow what man's opinion or a brand new doctrine? See, these things were laid out by the apostles and confirmed by Yeshua himself, as we'll get to as we dig deeper into the scriptures here. Let's go forward. Verse 58. So, my dear brothers, stand firm and immovable, always doing the Lord's work as vigorously as you can. What are we to be doing? Proclaiming the good news. We're to be sharing these words that the Rav Shaul shared and to know them and to proclaim them and to teach them. Let's go forward. Always doing the Lord's work as vigorously as you can, knowing that united with the Lord Yeshua, your efforts are not in vain. As we've been studying through the book of Revelation chapter 1, we're going to go into chapter 2. You know what? There were congregations there that they worked vigorously, and there are no more to this day. Is that their fault? No. They lived out their lives serving God with all their hearts, minds, and souls. Let's continue here. 
Here's a comment. This is a scripture. Yeshua taught that he would return to earth. And he was careful to warn his Talmudim, which is disciples, to be consistently prepared for this. And where do we find this? Now let's hear from Yeshua's own lips. Matthew chapter 24, beginning at verse 35. Matthew 24, beginning at verse 35. What is happening in the background here? Yeshua and his Talmudim are walking outside the temple. And the Talmudim here are marveling how beautiful the temple is and all its surrounding and the buildings round about. And this is where Yeshua, and they asked him about his, when, his, when he's going to be returning. And so now here begins verse 35. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Who's speaking here? This is Yeshua, not Rabbi Frank. Continuing verse 36, but when that day and hour will come, what's he speaking of? His day, when he's coming back to judge this earth. Now, this is different from him descending uh, uh, from heaven to the clouds and calling up his bride, both Jews and Gentiles. And think about this. That number has not been completed yet. Why? How can we say that? Because the, the harpazo has not happened. This hasn't happened yet. So the time of this to happen is sometime in the future. But what does Rav Shaul tell us that when he was living in this, in this time? Be ready. Expect this. Comfort one another on this. Let's continue here. Verse 36, but when that day and hour will come, no one knows. Not the angel in heaven, not the son, only whom the father. What can be interjected right now? And that is a Jewish wedding. Okay. What happens? The young man and a young woman, families talked about this. They build up a contract. They're betrothed to one another. And then years pass. And what is that young man to be doing? He's to be building a place. A lot of times it was just an addition onto his father's house. That he was to prepare a place. And then one time in the future, he was to go and get his bride and receive him unto himself. She would leave her home. Her family would go with her and they would travel to where the bridegroom's home was. And there was the blowing of the shofars. And there was music playing. And so they knew that this was a time the day would come. And that was instantaneously. So let us go forward here. But when the day and the hour will come, no one knows, not the angels in heaven, nor the Son, only the Father. For the Son of Man's coming will be just as it was in the days of Noah. So Yeshua now is giving an illustration to them. Because the times of Noah, Adonai, God was ready to destroy the earth. And all its inhabitants except for one family. See, God, his bride is a remnant. Let's continue here. Back then, before the flood, the people went on eating and drinking and taking wives and becoming wives, right up till the day Noah entered the ark. And they didn't know what was happening until the flood came and swept them all away. It will be just like that when the Son of Man comes. Verse 40, then there will be two men in a field. One will be taken and the other left. Here's another guy. See, it just appears all of a sudden Yeshua is talking about Noah. And then he says, the day of the Lord. And what will happen? One man will be taken, another one left. Can you see the similarity? What Rav Shaul taught in 1 Thessalonians chapter uh, 4, verses 13 through 18. And then he goes on to say this in the next verse. 
There will be two women grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken, the other left. But Yeshua doesn't give all the detail here. Because that's saved for another time. How would you explain that portion right there? Here's another dot. Here we see two people working beside each other. One is instantaneously taken. The other is left. And then this, these two women, the same thing. Can you imagine all of a sudden your co-worker's gone? Where'd they go? Let's continue here. So stay alert. Isn't that interesting? Yeshua's next words out of his mouth are, stay alert because you don't know what day your Lord will come. Do you see the dot, how they connect? Let's continue here. But do this. Had the owner of the house known when the thief was coming? Did you notice it in uh, 1 Thessalonians 5? It says that when the Lord comes back, he's going to come as a thief in the night. What's he coming to take? Is he to take gold and silver? Some uh, copies of Torah scrolls? No, he's coming for you and I. Let's continue here. But do this. Had the owner of the house known when the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you must always be ready. Now, who's saying these words to us? And saying these words to his Talmudim? It's Yeshua. Would he ever lead you astray? Did he not give you an illustration of a man, two men together, one is taken, one is, is left behind, and a woman, the same? See, we have to reiterate these things. We have to meditate on these things. Let's move forward. Verse 44, therefore, you must always be ready. Whose responsibility for us to be ready is? It's on ourselves. Are you looking for the Lord's return? Let's continue. For the Son of Man will come when you are not expecting him. What did Rav Shaul say to them? Be ready. This is your hope. Let's continue here. Verse 46, who is the faithful and sensible servant whose master puts him in charge of the household staff to give them food at the proper time? It will go well with that servant if he is found doing his job when his master comes. What are we to be doing? What the Father is showing us to do. What did Yeshua come to do? To proclaim the Father's kingdom. And to show us how we are to live. Notice this. When Yeshua died upon that tree, he believed that the Father, by the power of the Ruach HaKodesh, would raise him from the dead. Aren't we also promised the same? But Rav Shaul introduces this to us, that whether we be alive or we, we be dead, trusting Messiah, we're not going to miss out on that harpazo, that being caught away. Let's go forward here. Yes, I tell you that he will put him in charge of all he owns. But if that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is taking his time. And he starts beating up his fellow servants and spends his time eating and drinking with what? Drunkards? Then his master will come on the day that the servant does not expect. And at a time he doesn't know. And he will cut him in two. Have you ever read that? Who's speaking here? Who's the master? It's Yeshua. Rabbi, you can't say that about Yeshua. He's a meek and 
mild lamb of God. But he's also the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he's coming back to judge this earth with the wrath of God. God has not appointed his kihila, his called out ones, his church, his bride of Messiah, to be in recipients of the wrath of God. We're spared from that. That's what the scriptures clearly teach. Let's go forward. Verse 51, and he will cut him into two and put him with who? With the hypocrites. Where people will wail and grind their teeth. Is that an illustration of apostasy? Of a person who's not waiting and ready for the Lord's return and do what is pleasing in the Father's sight? Is that not a true illustration of those who have turned against Yeshua and they have tread upon his precious blood and they continue to walk in their sins with no sign or fruit of repentance? Do we not serve a just God? Who's speaking here but Yeshua himself? Now let us look at Matthew 25, verses 1. See, this is all in context. And I'll probably end on this portion of scripture here. The kingdom of heaven at that time will be like what? Ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went out to meet whom? The groom. Remember the illustration about the Jewish wedding? Let's continue. Five of them were foolish and five were sensible. The foolish ones took lamps with them, but no oil. Whereas the others took a flasks of oil with their lamps. Now the bridegroom was late, so they all went to sleep. In the middle of the night, when the cry rang out, the bridegroom is here, go meet him. The girls all woke up and prepared their lamps. The foolish ones said to the sensible ones, give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both you and us. So you go to the oil dealers and buy some for yourselves. But as you were going off, as they were going off to buy, the bridegroom came. Who's the bridegroom? It's Yeshua. Who's speaking here but Yeshua himself? He's giving them illustration and word pictures so that they can fully understand. How many of them have, have been participants in these Jewish weddings through the years? This is all familiar territory to them. Let's continue here. The bridegroom came. Those who were ready those who are alert, those who are sober. I know it doesn't say that, but to tie all these dots together. Are you yearning? Does your body groan out for the Messiah's return? And for you to be transformed. Let's continue here. The bridegroom came and those who were ready went with him to the wedding feast. And what happens next? The door was shut. All the guests that were to be there are there. They've all been assembled together. And the door is shut. When I was preparing this message, you know what's amazing about Scripture? The Lord, the Spirit of living God, brought the thought and the story of Noah and the door being shut by whom? By Adonai himself. The door, the place of safety, the place of deliverance. Because if you notice, as the ark, the flood waters came in around the ark, and the people were crying out, wailing, because they did not believe. Because for over 100 years, Noah was telling them, you need to repent. You need to be reconciled to God. But they would 
not listen. And so that door was shut and sealed by God himself. And the flood waters came in. What happened? We see the, the ark raising up. Suspended from the earth, riding on the waters, close to the clouds. Is this not another type of harpazo? Being caught away and being seized up by the salvation of God. See, this is God's provision for us. Let's continue here. Verse 11. Later, the other bridesmaids came. Sir, sir, they cried, let us in. But he answered, indeed, I tell you, I do not know you. Can we suppose from this right now that those who are not looking and yearning for the Lord's return could not be part of these foolish frights? They've received an invitation. They knew how to prepare themselves. But notice that there's not no oil in their lamps. And so they have to go out and they have to do other things. They miss the bridegroom coming. Let's go forward here. But he answered, indeed, I tell you, I do not know you. So what does Yeshua say? So stay alert because you neither know the day nor the hour. So what is God's message to us today? Are you ready? Are you staying alert? Are you looking towards him? Because I know this, that as I was sharing this message with you today, Three different things could have happened to me and all of us. The harpazo, the seizing away could have happened. We could have been caught away. Number two, I could have died because I don't know how many more days I have on this earth. Only the Father knows. Or number three, I could continue to live. But I'm staying alert, and I encourage you to stay alert because our Redeemer is coming for us. And I just want to end on this for clarification. The harpazo, the seizing, the gathering up the bride of Messiah, Yeshua descends into the clouds. We go up to meet him. We're forever to be with him. Okay. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and chapter 5, it does not say then he lands on the earth, as Zacharias says, his second coming on this earth. I will be able to go even to more detail as we continue this series. So I encourage you to read and search the scriptures. And be prepared. Stay alert. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Shabbat shalom.